Welcome back, sports fans, to another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Troop Scout Leader Dustin Lays with Beave, across from me. This is the Troop Historian, Smoking Dart, Denim Wall. I have a few names. <laughs> and in between the two wall boys, you have myself. I'm Miles, aka Chief, runs with bins. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Order of the Straight Arrow. And to kick this meeting off like we do the rest, we will start with our straight arrow oath. So for those in scout uniform, three fingers salute, and those in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow never spills juice on a new carpet. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? We matanya? We matanya! I still can't hear out of this ear. <laughs> so, to start this episode, let's hear from our historian to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so this episode is Meet the Manger Babies. It is the 24th episode of King of the Hill. It first aired on January 11th, 1998. The episode was written by the well-known duo by this point, Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger. Oh, our Kung Fu Panda homeboys. That's 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 him. <laughs> this is their fo- their fourth episode so far out of 11. We've seen them before for West Side Story, mm-hmm. Peggy the Boggle Champ, and The Arrowhead. And they've all been great episodes, I think. They have. I thought they've all they've all showed an interesting bit of Peggy, I would say. Mm-hmm. And this one, I like the approach that they take on Luann. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Jeff Myers, who's also pretty well-known by this point. He's bef- Previous to this, he did Plastic White Female and Texas City Twister. Mm. So both kind of Luann... Yeah, it seems like he's got a favorite, someone, mm-hmm. some, something that kind of reminds me of somebody in the clubhouse. <laughs> so he also directed 11 episodes total at his run of King of the Hill here. <laughs> was there a director's intro for this one? There was. And I actually really liked it. It was like a greenish-yellow background with a hand puppet. Um, I think it was the cat. <laughs> and it was Luann singing the Manger Baby song. And then at the end, the puppet's head is just, like, shot off. We hear gunshots, and the puppet's <laughs> head just, like, gets, like, pieced apart. Whoa. And you can just hear Hank do, like, a maniacal laugh in the background. Yeesh. Well, like, red letters just spell manger babies. <laughs> and it looks kind of like a punk rock, like, album cover uh, with, Jeez. like, a puppet's head blown off. <laughs> it's it pretty looked, heavy metal. It looked good. I liked it. Yeah, that's dope. And then as for the synopsis of this episode... Hank's get into super trouble when he has to decide between hosting a Super Bowl party and playing God in Luann's puppet show. Okay, now final thoughts. I thought... (laughs) Very good. (laughs) So let's jump into this episode, shall we? Uh, No cold open. The the opening scene we see is Hank. He's working on his television set while Bobby is just kind of watching him work on it now hank is reluctant to buy a new television set he is very or very uh determined to keep this one working properly because apparently the greatest country in the history of the world no longer makes tvs and is that true denim well i mean it is true uh Japan is making TVs, <laughs> um, but America doesn't really. They do. They have a couple uh, actually United States-based companies, produce, like manufacture, and the company is owned by Americans. So Alevia is one of them, and uh, Vizio is the other. I wonder why I haven't heard about them. Vizio is actually a, a quite a good. Uh, option if you're if you wanted to support American made televisions, they are very good quality for a very low price. They just don't look like their menu screens. They aren't as like they aren't as fancy as like a Samsung or Sony, but they're considerably less. And the display, like the show, the picture is great. So, and they got lots of hookup options on the Vizios. But as far as TVs actually made in America. Uh, lots of Japanese companies do set up manufacturing in the United States. Like Sharp has a factory, Toshiba, Panasonic, Silo, Philips, Magnavox. Those are all. Those all have plants in the United States. If Hank was looking for a TV today, he's got some pretty good options to buy American televisions. 
I'm sure he'd be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet he buys a Phillips. Well, couldn't we just buy, like, a Japanese one? Bobby, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that Hank is going to show the American Super Bowl on a Japanese TV. Are you kidding me? So tell us a little bit about this Super Bowl there, uh, Runs With Bins. Gladly. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the real reason why Hank's so pissed off, because it's, I think, 10 days to the Super Bowl at this point, and it's it's his year to host, and his TV's fucking up. But in 1998, this Super Bowl would have been Super Bowl 32, which featured defending Super Bowl champions, the Green Bay Packers uh, of the NFC, versus the Denver Broncos, who were representing the AFC, played at Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego, which is the former home of the LA Chargers and San Diego Padres. In front of over 68,000 fans, the Denver Broncos eventually prevailed, beating the Packers 31-24. The national anthem was sung by Jewel, and the halftime show featured Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, Martha Reeves, and Queen Latifah. That sounds like a pretty good show. Yeah, it was actually dubbed uh, a tribute to Motown's 40th anniversary. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, uh, the Super Bowl drew an estimated 90 million viewers, and a 30-second commercial cost $1.3 million. Damn. Well, any guesses yeah. on what a 30-second commercial cost like this year? $290. i am going to go up a little bit. I'm going to say $500 million. <laughs> You guys are insane and ludicrously <laughs> way off. <laughs> uh, this year's Super Bowl, it was five point two five million for That's thirty seconds. That's a steal. <laughs> but I guess you know, if you, like I saw them Volkswagen commercials a million times when I watched Super Bowl, not this year. <laughs> Fuck the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we used to have one crazy member of our club host who would have been uh, very thrilled at Super Bowl 32's outcome, but uh, we won't. We won't get into that. Nathan's not a Broncos <laughs> fan. Wasn't there somebody who came before him? I just, <sighs> Kurt's a Ra- Ra- uh, Ravens fan. Right. No, not Kurt. It was that smelly guy. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that, uh, Runs with Benz. Uh, I'm sure Hank is cheering for the Broncos. Well, let's hope he had money on him. He was cheering for an NFC victory, so... Oh, so he would have gone for Packers. Yeah, so he would have been been pissed. Uh. Well, good thing he missed the game. (laughs) But uh, after we see Hank uh, messing with the TV, we get a shot of Peggy answering the phone while Luann is, for some reason, just sitting on the sidewalk outside, I assume, waiting for Buckley to show up. Yeah, that's what I pictured, because... There's a deleted, like, an alternate scene. It's not even... There's a deleted little joke from it that when Luann goes to answer the phone, she answers the phone. Peggy hands her phone and says, Luann, it's Buckley. Luann takes the phone and says... Uh, this is Luann Platter at the, the Hill Residence. Like, oh. Answers it all formal, like she knows it's Buckley. Yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to ball her eyes out. Of course. Like without anything else said. <laughs> I like that they did stick in the outlet mall joke, though. Yeah. That was, that was good. Yeah. So in the episode, they Buckley basically calls and says they ain't going out anymore. Uh, of course not. We could go to the outlet stores next week. It's not like they're having a sale or anything. They have everyday low prices. Luann stood up again by Buckley. And Hank and Bobby enter the kitchen, I believe, somewhere around this point. And Hank is really mad that Peggy put some of her feminine uh, products (laughs) on his Super Bowl shopping list, which was diet soda. (laughs) Fun fact, diet soda expires quicker than everything else. Really? Really. Is that just, that's kind of ironic because that seems like the stuff that stays on the shelf the longest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they should probably figure that out. Have you tried regular soda? <laughs> Way better. Yeah, like Peggy just comments that Luann has a case of the Y Me's. Yeah. And Hank offers to take her to Megalomart. And I like that she says, like, yeah, but I don't really feel like talking. And then we immediately cut to the next scene, her spilling out her entire fucking problems <laughs> and the problems of the world. I like that her problems all stem from National Enquirer articles. <laughs> yeah. Devil babies getting born every day. <laughs> yeah. So Hank tries to console her. 
And the way he does this is by uh, showing how he contributes to the world in a positive way. And I really liked his spin on the burning of fossil fuels. Take me, for example. I sell a clean-burning, energy-efficient fuel. Oh, well, do you think I could sell propane? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, why do you think it's a no? Because <laughs> it takes dedication and hard work <laughs> to become a propane salesman. You don't just, up on a whim, start working at Jeans West. <laughs> they picked up to work at it. I mean, maybe she was interested in taking over the family gas station. <laughs> so, yeah, along the way to the make a mart Hank abruptly swerves in because he sees a garage sale. Yeah, so that's along on the way to the Megalomart where Hank spots that garage sale and he pulls in and he's lucky enough to find a used deflector coil from a very similar TV that just happens to be sitting there and Hank just rips the back off of I it. I know, I thought that was funny. <laughs> just destroys this TV. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, take the whole thing, Hank. You're only going to need another piece later. Yeah. Super Bowl, what's, it sounds like he's going to be hosting again in four years. Yeah, it's going to need some pieces. How the rotation goes is Bill, Hank, Dale, Boomhauer. Exactly. <laughs> it also seems like such a dad thing that he just did, because I'm pretty sure I've been driving with my dad, and then he just sees a garage sale and just pulls over, because there's a garage sale. Yeah, I do the same. It's honestly uh, one of my favorite ways of getting out of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So while they're at the garage sale, uh, Bobby uh, gets his dad's attention and is wondering why we have to go through all this grabbing a part for a TV when we could just go watch it at Mr. Dotrieve's house. I like it there. He keeps snacks in his couch cushions. <laughs> and Hank goes on to explain that, yes, Boomhauer's party was like four years ago, five years ago. Eight years ago, two rotations. They're still talking about the chips from Boomhauer's party eight years ago. The dip. The dip. Boomhauer's dip was so thick our chips were snapping like Joe Theismann's birdie leg. So just quickly, Super Bowl 24 uh, took place January 28th, 1990, and featured the San Francisco 49ers absolutely destroying the Denver Broncos 55-10. to 10. So take, Broncos. take that. Blue Niners. <laughs> tip of the Bronco. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, but I know we just watched it, uh, the video of Joe Theismann's leg snapping, his little birdie leg snapping, and it is horrifying. It was gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake of watching that, because that is brutal. So brutal, the Wu-Tang Clan took time to mention it in one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that uh, defenseman that... That wrapped him up, that really big guy. Do you remember? It was Lawrence Taylor. Like quarterback sacks from LT. <laughs> Damn right. So Luann finds the nativity scene in the manger baby puppets that it's she. Not, it's not every day she trips into boxes. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like. And then. So what we're going to see is that her next scene is going straight to the church to suggest a church puppet show. Mm -hmm. um, there was a deleted scene, a little more, more of an alternate scene that would have been around here. And it was just an animatic, but it was quite long. It was of Luann sweeping up hair at what I can assume was her school hairdresser salon. And... Um, a bunch of kids start playing in the pile of hair. And, <laughs> and she's, like, trying to get them to stop. But, like, none of the kids will stop eating the hair until she pulls out, like, a puppet. Oh, okay. And says, and it's a cat puppet, and she's just like, hey, stop eating hair. <laughs> and then, like, the kids. I eat hair all the time. Yeah. And then, like, starts hacking up a hairball, hair ball, and yeah. the kids all stop eating hair. And then Luann's like, well, what if. If I can get kids to stop eating hair, imagine all the other things I can get them to stop doing. That makes total sense why she would go to the church for a children's puppet show right Well, away. yeah, it's, yeah. Because going right from the garage sale to the church puppet show just based on her experience with the social worker is a little stretch. I mean, it, it is, but then I'm thinking about that a Halloween episode and, like... I mean, Luann seems to go to church. Yeah, she seems to go there for everything. I think, <laughs> I think just for us, it's like a weird thing to 
to think, think about that it. somebody wants to go yeah. to a church. <laughs> like, I have never been, but I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like... I like when she's, she's talking to the pastor, and she's, like, trying to, uh, you know, give him the premise for her puppet show, and she's just like, well, you know Jesus was born in a manger, right? And he just, like deadpan stares at her and he's just like yes i'm the pastor yeah. <laughs> like she goes on to well jesus is born in a manger <laughs> i call it the manger babies we just laid new carpet in the activities room you put 30 kids in there and lose their attention <clears throat> fruit punch all over my new carpet i also thought it was kind of funny just like that her first performance was at the church and it involved them going to a movie theater to sneak in the second one was no longer at the church. It was at the TV studio. But that's when she doubled down on the God yeah. and made it all about God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. So when she's giving this pitch to uh, the pastor, uh, he says, you know, like, I know the Bible pretty well. And I know that the manger is not spoke of again after Luke 2.16. So I pulled up the handy dandy uh, Bible. And looked up Luke 2.16, and basically that line doesn't mention the manger babies at all. There's no manger babies in the Bible? There's no manger babies spoken of in the Bible at all. Well, they got to be working on the sequel to that. Basically, what it says is, and I quote, And they came with haste and found both Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And that's the last we spoke of the manger. But both the word babe and manger are in there. That is true. But so the manger babies weren't spoken of <laughs> after Luke 2.16. That's correct. Uh, I didn't check the rest of the Bible to make sure that he was right, but I trust him. <laughs> yeah, the pastor's just like, no, after the manger, they kind of just stick with Jesus. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> But uh, the next scene, we see Luann uh, introducing her puppet show to the Hill family. I call it the Manger Babies. <laughs> We're headlining next week in the activities room. <laughs> manger Babies. <laughs> How do you like that? Luann has some really good I don't, I don't, squeals, I guess we could call them. She makes a lot of noises in this episode, like excitable noises and sad noises. And they're peppered in and, and they're just really well done. Mm -hmm. Like Brittany Murphy really killed this one. See, this episode is a real change of pace between the relationship of Hank and Luann that we've seen so far in the series, because usually Hank just is kind of always seems to be annoyed by Luann, but this time he's, like, more than accommodating. He's doing everything he can to help her. Well, he he's... bought the manger babies for her. Oh, fuck, if it only takes 25 cents to make her happy, then <laughs> yeah. why not? Um, and he even, he's, he's so damn generous in this episode. He offers Luann an old hot water tank box that he's been keeping pretty clean. In he's been keeping it pretty clean. I noticed that comment. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, it's just like, oh, this might come in handy for some reason. Exactly. And so Luann says, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hank really does go along with it. And uh, she takes the old, was it refrigerator or hot water tank? Yeah, I had fridge box. I wondered if I was wrong or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. She takes it outside to his driveway, and the boys are all just drinking beers, watching her do crafts on this box, basically cutting a hole and writing manger babies on the top. And they're all very proud of her. And then uh, she turns around to the group of guys who are, I guess, holding their tongues pretty hard. You're doing a great job, Luann. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. But if you have any suggestions... Well, yeah, well no, I'd not be back in that thing. I want to spell theater, R-E, classy that way. That was my favorite with Dale saying, you ought to spell theater, R-E, because it's classier that way. How, how, do you, can you spell it the other way? I get I think so. Theater? I don't know. Theater? Is that a way to people? Is that the American spelling? I think it's the drive-in spelling. Oh. Okay. I made that up. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's like flavor with a without the u. Mm. Mm. That's right. Flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And collar. A collar? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the next scene, Luann, uh, she jumps into this first show quite quickly. It's only been a few days after she's talked to the pastor, and she's, uh, she's got a full house in the activities room. Once upon a time, almost two thousands of years ago, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born. 
in a manger. And in that manger live the cutest little animals. This is their story. Uh. After Jesus left, King Herod came, demanding firstborn sons. He cast an evil spell on them, freezing everyone. He slayed the apples, turned nativity scene, out the yard sale second hand. They came to life and then, amen, I met the manger babies. There's Obadiah the donkey, he says, yeah, Hosea the cat, but let's not forget a very British bird. Sir Reginald Featherbottom the third. Charmed, I'm sure, governor. <laughs> they are the major babies getting in trouble. The major babies spread that message of love. Major babies. So like me, I'm sure you too will have this song stuck in your head for days at a time. <laughs> yeah, everybody's there. It's I guess it's post, uh, post-Sunday post church, and they're in the activities room in Washington do a first puppet show. But Hank is really annoyed. <laughs> he, he can't seem to just sit still and enjoy the show. <laughs> I love that, yeah, because there's the nail sticking out a quarter inch. Yeah, the finishing nail. <laughs> and, and, and Peggy's just like, just forget about it. Nobody knows. He sees those three guys. Oh, like, 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 do you, do you do <laughs> whispering over beside him. Hank just like, I love him. Just going to sit the front like that's normal. <laughs> like there's just like 40 40-year-old man just going to sit down cross-legged with the children. Yeah, this totally won't draw the eye of everyone else yeah. to my little small carpentry screw-up, but yeah, I love those just, like, three, like, generic handymen. Like, God damn it! look at that nail. But, and and he, mean, like, he pushes it with his foot like it's gonna go in. I thought he was just covering it up. Oh, I thought he was trying to tap it in like the hammer. <laughs> but, I mean, it's almost like it's almost like he was drawn there by, like, some cosmic force, like, like the force to save the day when the puppet show goes awry <laughs> and Luann's story falls flat with the major babies locked in a closet <laughs> for no reason. Well, the way, okay, so this is how I pictured where this story came from because she seems to pull a lot from her own family. Yes. So I'm pretty sure when she got punished, she was just locked in a closet and just not let out yeah. and doesn't have an ending for this story. <laughs> That's probably true. But but Hank was the assistant theater manager. <laughs> I like that he goes for assistant and not just full-blown manager. Well, he sells popcorn and popcorn <laughs> accessories. Yeah, and Hank, well, Hank saves the day. He, he comes in and he breaks those manger babies free of the closet and uh, everyone's happy and he... And everybody learned a lesson. Yeah, and that kid was just about to spill his juice and uh, he was like, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the pastor's... Slow start. motion. Yeah. Thank you, assistant manager. Meow, can we ever repay you? By never forgetting this lesson, sneaking into the movies is wrong. As wrong as spilling juice on a new carpet. Bravo. Bravo! I just love that guy. <laughs> and right about at this point, because at the back of the room uh, for the whole time, Peggy has been uh, videotaping Luann's performance, and Nancy is there, and she's like, well, Luann shouldn't waste her talents on church. Uh, my, my boss at the TV station is always looking for quality uh, children's programming. Give me the tape. And I'll, I'll, I'll show it to I him. I believe he's looking for a wider catch net than that. <laughs> I think it was anything that blows up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Children's tape and home videos of anything blowing up. Yeah. But you can tell that uh, Nancy does not care for the word of the Lord because she practices adultery damn near every day. <laughs> and uh, I like that Peggy says, oh, well, we couldn't take advantage of it. It's, it's, it's showbiz. That's what showbiz is, hon. Yeah. <laughs> Ultra high frequency. <laughs> so I think our next scene is Hank using his new coil that he got from the garage sale to fix up the TV. And Bobby's assisting him. <laughs> Not very well. Done. All right, Bobby, it's safe to plug her back in now. Uh, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, working on any electronics that are plugged in is pretty dangerous. Very. <laughs> but working on a television, plugged in or not, is extremely dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. You don't do it. No, you shouldn't do it. No, like, there. I don't know how to do it because I'm not a TV repairman, but I know that if you don't know what you're doing and you go poking around inside of a TV, you can... You could die. Denim's been hospitalized twice. <laughs> I, I watched a YouTube video where a guy said he woke up on the other side of his room. <laughs> Didn't even know what happened. Jesus. You, you see Hank really flexing his uh, his verse as a handyman? Because, like, it's one thing to have, like, you know, like a wood shop or something, and like, but, like, fixing a TV. A like... CRT TV at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure when he got the TV, he read over the manual a couple of times. Well, of course. It was written in plain English. <laughs> <laughs> Once the TV is fixed, uh, Peggy uh, asks Hank if he can make sure that Bill doesn't wipe his hands on the couch. Oh yeah. And then, so actually there's a, there's an alternate scene I'll tell, I'll talk about after, but yeah, Hank has his, his game plan ready for, to block Bill away from the chips. Yeah. <laughs> you sit here, Boomhauer, Dale, me and Bobby will sit here. We'll do a zone defense around the chips. But what if Bill tries scrambling around the coffee table? He doesn't have that kind of quickness, Peggy. Not anymore. So, in the, like a scene similar, in an alternate scene, Peg asks Hank if he would ask Bill to maybe wipe his shoes when he comes in the house, and and Bill or Hank just loses it, and he's like, "Why don't I just ask him to shower and brush his teeth, baby? Why don't I just ask him to change his clothes before he comes over? And while I'm at it, why don't I just ask Dale not to smoke in our bedroom?" <laughs> scenario in which Dale would be smoking in their bedroom during the Super Bowl party. And uh, I love... I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anytime I watch a Super Bowl game, there's always that one guy who's like, I can't watch this. I gotta leave. Yeah. <laughs> He's losing I have to bat. go smoke, smoke in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. But uh, instead, Peggy has to empty a full bottle of Scotchgard onto the couch. And now Scotchgard is usually used for, like Peggy used, upholstery and couches and drapes and all that. It's basically a water repellent. And I went on to Scotchgard's website to look up unusual uses of Scotchgard. And they have a crazy bunch of users on this site because not only can you use it for your carpets and upholstery, you can use it for protection from food stains on clothes, avoid a mess in your purse, repel pet stains while visiting, keep salt from ruining your winter boots, and keep car mats and interiors clean because the people at Scotchgard are just crazy. Does it smell bad? I don't think so. I think it's odorless. Because... Okay. I just imagined it would smell like glue. I mean... Or like scotch tape. More like scotch tape, I'd imagine. Okay. That's all I had on Scotch Garden. That's I all you had on Scotch... Pretty... Did you get some? Huh? No, I, no, I don't even... No. And while, uh, while Hank and Peggy are uh, discussing defense tactics against Bill and, uh, you know, just... <laughs> yeah, they're try trying to form a zone defense yeah. around Bill by having two people on one side of him and another person on the other side of him guarding the bowls of cheese. Yeah. Which is like, just don't even invite him then. If you're going to invite a man to a Super Bowl party and then forbid him from having snacks, like, yeah. this is Bill's like winter event. It's not forbidden. They just know that his level of effort put into anything <laughs> is so low. <laughs> and he ain't got that kind of quickness. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but about just about this time, uh, Luann comes busting in, and uh, she has a new role for Hank in her uh, next puppet show. Yeah, and Hank, Hank really pumps her tires by saying she put on the best Christian puppet show that he has ever seen. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Denim, how many Christian puppet shows have you seen? Was Lamb Chop Christian? Yes. Is it? I have no clue. Well, if Does Lamb Mr. Rogers puppets, are they Christian? You take that back. <laughs> no, he's not. I don't know. Maybe he probably is, but I don't know what his neighbor. message was. Okay. Anyways, Hank's pretty reluctant uh, to be a part of this puppet show because 
It's happening on Sunday. Hank is reluctant to join in on the puppet show because it was a one-time event. Well, he doesn't want to be an assistant popcorn manager every day. Well, yeah, nobody wants to be that forever. Uh, but Luann has written him a very special part as the role of God, to which Hank changes his tune and will be there in a moment. <laughs> Tell you what, Luann, uh, just as soon as I finish turning beer into water, I'll meet you in the garage. Great! <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else, like... Think that was backwards? I thought, well, it is because it's water into wine, but the way I looked at it is he's drinking beer to turn it into pee. Oh, is that what it was? I don't know. Oh, I thought that he was saying, I'm going to go get another beer and meet you in the garage. I thought it was, I'm going to slam this beer because it's going to be pee later. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense too. I definitely thought it was him saying he's getting another beer. That would be water into beer. That's why I thought it was weird, because I was like, hmm. Now, does he have a beer in the garage? Uh, everybody does. Yeah. Okay. If you have a garage, you have beer in it. Okay, well, fair enough. That's where your extra beer goes. But yeah, so uh, I really, really liked where uh, Bobby's like, hey, if you're God, that makes me Jesus. And, and Peggy's like, <laughs> Peggy's no. offended. Yeah, and she's like, that's for Luann to decide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was a really good. That was a really good one. Well, yeah, because it's like in Christian law to like not claim yourself as a prophet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it got it got Oasis and Beatles in some trouble. <laughs> Bobby doesn't give a darn. Um, yeah, so we see Hank and Luann, and now they are rehearsing in the garage. We're at the part where you meet your arch enemy, Bobby's GI Joe. Joe six pack. He's a drunk driver who died in a car crash and was sent to hell. And then he borrowed Satan's pickup truck without asking and trashed it, so he got kicked out of hell. And now he roams the earth riding buses and doing evil, like he won't call you on your birthday and he throws beer bottles at your head. What? He crashed a truck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of person wouldn't phone you on your birthday? Um, but that, <laughs> that clip was from Hank and Luann practicing or uh, rehearsing for their show in the garage, but Hank's a little preoccupied with that sweet new light setup that he had around the uh, yes. Luann's theater. What did he say? And it will be good. Oh. I think that's what it was. Yeah, like the ACDC song. Yes. Let there be light, and it was good. Let there be sound. Let there be drums. <laughs> Let there be rock. Who said that? <laughs> oh, yeah. The this is so the guys are out in the alley, uh, overseeing Hank with his. He's got the beard on, and uh, it's for Luann's puppet show. I'm playing God. Well, maybe we ought to ask God who's going to win the Super Bowl. Going to win. The game was pre-taped six months ago in the same Nevada hangar where they faked the moon landing. Yeah, man, it's like that dang old Capricorn One. Man, it was a good movie, but you know they ain't gonna fake no staying on the ground like that. They do. They, they don't need Armstrong. <laughs> so Capricorn One. I mean, I looked into it. Uh, it looked like a pretty decent movie. It was uh, after the idea of the moon landing getting hoaxed. Uh, the plot of this movie is that three astronauts get shipped off into space, but instead of space, they go live at a like a government ground and they break out. But it's basically faking men going to the to Mars. So, like, do the men pretend that they're going to Mars, or do they think that they're in Mars? They thought they were going to go to Mars, but then they go to this government facility saying, hey, there's no Mars. Like, we, oh. we can't, like, we don't have enough technology for the trip back, so you guys have to stay here and keep quiet, and they break out. And then the government chases them. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. And O.J. Simpson is in it. Oh. Yeah, it's his, like, breakout role. <laughs> apparently, apparently, like, uh, the director said that, uh, you know, he was good, he was charming, and he was, like, a huge star, but his acting just wasn't there, so any... Oh, this is pre-murderer? This is pre-murderer. Oh, okay. Um, there's also, I mean... So I'm this not, is when he's still the juice. This is when he's the juice. Okay. And okay. it's like, uh, they said that uh, when they wanted him to be stressed out, they just put on, like, this big space helmet on him <laughs> to make it, like, look like he was distressed. Um, well, so that is interesting. Uh, the alternate... Scene, I guess, for this one, Boomhauer mumbles that you can't fake a good party, man. With Muppets on the brain, you better get living. You better get that living room ready already. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of Boomhauer's uh, quotes get cut. 
I find we find a lot of them in the. Yeah, well, he's a good one that you can just pepper in really anywhere. I guess. And you just got to keep the gems. There's a lot of good stuff that just hits the floor. I know. It it does feel like there's a lot that gets cut out. Like, even that line earlier with Hank, that was a great one. The, uh, why doesn't Bill just put on shoes or (laughs) take a shower? Yeah. I think the reason for that, he was really irate in that scene. Like, it was over the top. Mm. It was like, it kind of felt like I can see why they cut it, because he just lost it on Peggy for really no reason. Oh, damn. That makes sense. I mean, this episode is a pretty feel-good episode. Yeah. Like, even the stuff that's, plus, like, sad is funny. Exa- yeah. And plus that whole part um, was the part with the uh, Scotch Guard and the dip. Oh, okay. And, like, and the, like, he, how he came up with running the zone defense. Mm-hmm. So, like, kind of, he's, like, working with Peg. Yeah, exactly. Rather yeah, than just we don't yelling at her. Enemy, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the TV station calls, and it's... It's and, while Luann's practicing, and she makes another one of those squeals. And Luann is, yeah, really excited that uh, she's on at primetime right against the Super Bowl. Sunday? Now, is that before or after the Super Bowl? During. Can you believe it? They put us on against the highest rated television event of the year because they know we're the one show that can beat it. <sighs> uh, so, oh, bless Luann's heart. She thinks Small she can optimism. compete with 90 million people. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be 91 tuning in for the manger babies. I think they're all just going to opt out because this is a compelling story. <laughs> yeah, so after the guys have given Hank a bit of a, a reality check and he realizes the timing of it, he stumbles out that he is going to decide to stay home and not go to her puppet show. And Luann is just devastated because how can there be a puppet show if there's no God? Truth. Truth. No, it's funny, just like Hank obviously didn't want to do this, but he had to do it. So he just kind of like, I like how he's tiptoeing around it. And he's just like, did you notice how I said Super Sunday? (laughs) I call it Super Sunday because that's when they play the Super Bowl this Sunday. (laughs) So, of course, Luann is just, you know, she's super upset. She's completely devastated by it. But Hank is, he's really not having that much trouble forgetting about it. He's in the kitchen uh, in the next scene and he is uh, testing the thickness of his dips. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's a it's a really funny scene because he doesn't want another, you know, uh, Super Bowl 24 and at Boomhauer's that was, people are still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, he's dropping a, a, a chip into the dip and it's just not uh, quite the viscosity that he wants. So he adds more of the powder. I believe it's probably garlic powder. <laughs> Or cheese powder, knowing Peggy's. Yeah, I wonder uh, what kind of dip they're making. I mean, dill. Oh. Okay. Garlic and dill. I hope. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Peggy. I feel like Texas. They probably are using corn chips. Yeah, I think it's probably. It's probably like a bean dip or like a. I mean, I hope they got more than one kind of dip at this Super Bowl party. It was white, the one that he was making, so I went straight for the dill, because that's what I want it to be. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, they kind of just, like, they didn't really hit it home with Hank's Super Bowl party. You'd think there'd be some sort of grilling involved. You know, he'd have the barbecue out at least for, like, some pregame chicken wings or something. Man, you know, know, like, that does seem, yeah, pregame for sure. I feel like... Like, every football season, I always think, like, yeah, I'm going to fire up the grill and, like, make some food while I'm watching football all day. I always miss a whole bunch of game while you're, like, outside making food. You're like, fuck, this was a good idea, but really, I'm just going to miss football. (laughs) Someone needs to build a barbecue with a TV in the hood. Yeah. (laughs) That would work. Patent pending. Copyright. (laughs) Order the straight Um, But While Hank is uh, testing this dip thickness, uh, Peggy is scolding him about about missing it because she... It's not like she wants to miss the Super Bowl, too, because she's got a lot of money riding on it. Because apparently she took a bath on... I can't remember what she said she she bet on prior, but... So, what was this? Packers and Broncos? Yes. Uh. Which do you think Peggy had money on? I think she would... coin toss. (laughs) I think she'd be just betting for an NFC victory like Hank was. You think so? Actually... She sounded like she was, like, into it. And she's, what, from Montana? I was just going to say, maybe she does have a Denver connection. Would it be Denver? Would be the closest, I guess. Well, I don't really know where Montana is. (laughs) 
I know that that's where they grow dental floss. <laughs> it, uh, it borders Canada. Yeah, I know. And I know that, but, like, I always have a hard time imagining because isn't isn't Wisconsin, like, just to the east of that, too? Like Could be. They're both pretty close. But I feel like they like horses in Montana more yeah. than they like cheese. Yeah. Big sky country. Hard <laughs> comparison. <laughs> horses? Jeez. <laughs> oh well speaking of super bowl day we did forget uh one of my favorite gags in this episode bill's shirts oh my god <laughs> well hope you're ready for that party hank because you only got four more days till the super bowl bill the super bowl is in three days oh damn <laughs> Love, he just has another shirt underneath. Obviously. <laughs> Does anybody want to take a look at what my shirt says? <laughs> How many days left till the Super Bowl? Uh, by my count, is 286 days, 9 hours, 11 minutes, 47, 6, 5, 4. We're counting down. Oh, I can't wait. Go, Hawks. Yeah, go, sports team. <laughs> Well, as Peggy leaves to go to the to the station with Bobby, she says uh, she has bids Hank farewell and says, "Enjoy the selfish bowl." <laughs> and then all the boys are standing up with their hands over their hearts. <laughs> Dale had removed his hat wow. while they uh, just listened to the national anthem. Oh, I love that. They're all standing up, and then uh, they sit back down, and Hank's like, okay, who bet three minutes and 40 yeah. seconds? And of course, it's Boomhauer, so he won the length of the anthem contest, and I love they just had their cash in a little, like, salad bowl. <laughs> I think it's so funny, the, like, the just direct comparison. Like, I've, King of the Hill, I feel like it does this quite often, but, like, just, like, how, like... It looks like these guys take it so seriously and they're treating it with such respect, but not enough respect not to bet on it. Like, it's like, it's so funny. And as soon as the anthem's done, they just crush those beers. They get yeah. right into them like they were waiting the whole time. <laughs> so now we see Peggy and Luann uh, at the TV station and Bobby's around, but... Luann is obviously down and can only think about Uncle Hank not showing up, so Peggy decides to give her a little bit of words of encouragement, but we really see Luann's kind of how strongly she feels in this. Luann, I want you to know, if Uncle Hank lets you down, honey, it doesn't mean that the world is a bad place. Oh, yes, it does. Mm. <laughs> Just life and death for her, really, like... Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. God doesn't show up. It's going to be a bad show. <laughs> yeah, that was so, like, creepy and yeah. then sinister from Luann in that, like, sweet little voice. Like, oh, yeah. Um, but now we, we pan back to the Hills house, and the guys are watching the Super Bowl, and they are, like, we see it's quite obvious that Bill is, in fact, wiping his hands all over the couch. There's, like, yeah, yeah. orange, <laughs> like, gross stains about right where he's sitting. Not a very good advertisement for Scotchgard. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't doing so good. But the TV, all of a sudden, mysteriously keeps switching to the local news channel. And at this point, it's Nancy yeah, on it. At first, it's Nancy. <laughs> and Dale is absolutely beside himself with rage that he is now forced to watch his wife on TV. What are you doing, Hank? If I wanted to spend Super Bowl Sunday staring at my wife, I would have married Fran Tarkenden. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I totally did not get that the first time I watched this, because me either. I'm not a football guy, and I thought Fran Tarkenton might have been a girl. Yeah, it sounds like a woman's name. It's not. It's, in fact, the CBS uh, commentator of the game. He's also former Vikings quarterback and Giants quarterback for a few years as well. He seemed to be pretty good. He's uh, got his number retired in Minnesota, number 10. Was the NFL Most Valuable Player in 1975. Offensive Player of the Year, 75. As if Dale has a chance with this man. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got to have way higher standards than Dale. <laughs> yeah, that's... But, of course, Hank keeps 
changing the channel back. And uh, the guys take this quick... Oh, sorry. There's a deleted scene where the guys take this opportunity to run to the bathroom. And Dale turns around and starts warning Bill as he's running to the bathroom. He says, 200 million Americans are headed to the bathroom and no sewer system can handle it. In 60 seconds, there will be a backflush of apocalyptic proportions. (laughs) That's actually got to be so true that if you were to look at, like, the water usage times and line them up with the commercial times, I bet you that there's spikes yeah, oh, yeah, but it, lots of people really watch the commercials. Yeah. Well, it's funny, though. Like, I never even thought about those stats, like, from a Super Bowl. But, like, just, like, the food ones are, like, kind of just horrifying enough. It's Yo, just, like, how oh, like, Papa Murphy's makes? Yeah, like, 40 million chicken wings are, like, <laughs> you know, served on that day. And 10,000 tons of, like, grated cheese. <laughs> the game's usually a blowout anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love the guys. Like, they don't believe hank that he's not doing it on purpose like he would be doing that for some reason to fuck with them but i love bill's line when he's uh when the tv keeps changing back and forth and he's just like i don't know but this is the point in the movie where i start thinking why don't they just get out of the house (laughs) (laughs) we also get a cut in between here of uh luann just backstage praying uh before she goes on uh as the as the stage hand comes up to tell her she's on Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure that uh, Steven Root um, Oh nice Voice actor there again just, just a quick one Just a little one Yeah she mistakes him for Hank But obviously it's not Yeah But then the guys flip back the channel And it's uh, the end zone So Bill's still optimistic Well at least we get to watch him dance in the end zone That's right Come on uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> So as, as we know Bill is the all time touchdown leader at Arlen High So I'm I, like, it makes a lot of sense for him to just be so stoked yeah. on the touchdown celebration. Because all the other guys were kind of bummed out that they're like, oh, damn, we missed it. Because it flashes off for a second. And the next time it flashes back, he's in the end zone. But Bill just likes the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> they like the dancing these days. Yeah. Dancing's got crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they're allowed to do it, they fucking do it. They do it. Yeah. I like it. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, when they made the when they changed the rule to allow it, I was like, yeah, why not? And now that they did change the rule, I kind of regret that they changed that rule because it is really annoying. It's not like fun, even when it's like the Seahawks doing it. I'm just like, just please don't, <laughs> just please, just like clap a couple times, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I like, like I liked it too, like the big group like ones, but it's just like. Maybe do that, like, once a game, like, if you get, like, a winning touchdown, but not when you're already, like... The problem for me is the ones that look like they take rehearsal time. I just, like, I can't help but imagine them, like, rehearsing it. And then when it happens on the field, I'm always so, like, just, like, roll my eyes and just be like, okay, do your little fucking game. Okay, get out of here. Picture these grown men who are also millionaires yeah. uh, practicing a duck-duck-goose He's game. like, yeah, they're all, like, they're all doing, like, Fortnite dances. And you're just like, oh, like, please stop. <laughs> but I, that, always, that actually reminded me of that Raiders game. A while back where the guy there was I think it was that season where they like hadn't won a game and they were just about to win this one and the two guys were so excited doing a little <laughs> dance and then like got called offside and then the Raiders didn't win the game. <laughs> like, yeah, was these two defensive linemen got a sack and like the quarterback had scrambled back like thirty yards, so they finally tackled him like 40 yards like behind the line of scrimmage and they were just dancing with each other and the other team just ran up and snapped the ball and they got two offside (laughs) they were so pissed it was so funny it was the best and it was like also just like how shitty the raiders were that year so they're like what are they doing Yeah, look that clip up. It's 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 worth it. Unless you're a Raiders fan, you're probably still mad. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're a Raiders fan, you, you my condolences. Yeah, you got bigger problems. Yeah. I just like the XFL. Bring that back. Oh, it's coming back. Oh, thank God. It's on its way. <laughs> is yeah. it really? Yes, it is, yeah. Fuck, thank God somebody listens to me. I think it's like 2020. Something like that's coming soon. I'm ready for that. R.I.P. A.A.F. (laughs) We hardly knew you. (laughs) Come on, major babies. I'll give you a ride. We don't need it. God is the designated driver tonight. God doesn't care about you. How can you say that? 
hair, and he will show it. <sighs> this is getting old, Hank. Don't be an idiot, Luann. Huh? God's not coming. He's watching the Super Bowl. Now get in. So Hank's rushing now to the TV station to stop them from getting in Joe Sixpack's car. <laughs> it's funny. Did you happen to notice how much a drunk Joe Sixpack sounds like Joseph? No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, like, my God. I was like, that's Joseph? But I really I try to ask a lot here. She's doing like seven different voice, yeah. act, or voice roles in this scene. Yeah, she's, she's being asked to... Play Luann, play several different characters. Yeah. And one of them's drunk. <laughs> yeah. And the other is an octopus. Garigal, <laughs> <laughs> Garigal. That's right. So, of course, all the major babies get inside of Joe Six Pack's car because he's their only ride. Uh, and they fly off the corner of the Major Babies Theater. And, of course, to be saved by uh, God or Hank. And, of course, Luann, trying to stay in character, says, Oh, my God, it's Uncle Lord. <laughs> and the day is saved. And, of course, Hank uh, did the right thing because I think the Broncos won. So he was right to come and save Luann's puppet show instead of watching the Super Bowl. But right on cue, as always, who shows up? God, Troy Aikman. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know who Troy Aikman is, uh, born November 21st, 1966, Troy Kenneth Aikman is a former NFL quarterback and current sportscaster for the Fox Network. Taken first overall by the Dallas Cowboys in the 1989 NFL Draft, Aikman went on to play 12 consecutive seasons as the Cowboys' starting quarterback, which is the most in Cowboys history. How much was Romo? Because he was was nine years or what? I think nine, yeah. Um, During that time, he was a Pro Bowl selection six times, and he also led the Cowboys to not one, not two, but three Super Bowl championships in the 1990s, in uh, 93, 94, and 96. Although the 1997 season was a bit of a letdown with the Cowboys finishing 6-10 and 10 and missing the playoffs, it did allow Mr. Aikman to make an appearance on this episode of King so of the Hill. I was going to say, so this is, he was actually playing. Yeah. He was actually the quarterback at this time. He wasn't sportscaster Aikman. No, no, he was still, uh, he had a okay. couple more years after that. Um, yeah, and he also appeared on an episode of The Simpsons, uh, Sunday, Cruddy Sunday, alongside another former NFL quarterback, Dan Marino. Um Aikman currently spends his time hanging out with Joe Buck and sleeping on a pile of money surrounded by many beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, Troy Aikman, he's fun. I, I don't mind him. I kind of, I've never, I never like, I watched, I started watching football when I was like 17. Yeah. So it's like, I not like I had even knew who he was other than a sportscaster mm-hmm. until. No, I like him as a sportscaster, but it's just funny that like, just in, like in this exact moment, like he would have, he might as well have been God to anyone, yeah, well, like any to Cowboys Hank? fan in Texas. Yeah. yeah, so Hank's like, <laughs> yeah. hello, son, I mean, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I love his reasoning for being there. Some guys were snapping towels. Well, do you have the clip? Can we get the clip? Well, it's kind of a funny story. Some guys were snapping towels in the locker room, so I went to Bible study to get some perspective on it, and I saw a flyer for this puppet show. Sort of a little miracle, I guess. I wonder what the... Uh perspective that Bible camp would have given on snapping towels. I don't know because, I mean, Mr. Aikman, like his career ended uh, somewhat abruptly because he had concussion problem, mm. so he's pretty delusional, I guess, <laughs> in 97 and, yeah, like, come okay. on, Troy, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of funny about Cowboys broad, uh, quarterbacks going to broadcasters, though. Did Romo yeah. come right in right afterwards, eh? Was there anybody in between? Um, I think there was, yeah, because it wasn't uh, until about 2003. So I think there was a two or three years okay. where they kind of were in between guys. And it actually, I actually read that in, it got released in 2016 that apparently in 2004, the Miami Dolphins had, were trying to bring Aikman out of retirement. And oh, really? were like this close, but just couldn't settle on a contract, I guess. No. I think they keep trying to do that. Yeah, it's, it's still better. He, they do he that? stayed where he was. Isn't, didn't they, didn't they do that with, uh, Fucking smoking Jay Cutler. Smoking Jay Cutler, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like Romo as a sportscaster way more than as a cowboy. Oh, Romo is yeah, he's surprisingly good. Yeah. He's killing it. <laughs> I, and I, I like watching Dak Prescott uh, actually. 
Yeah, I like when he's getting tackled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just enjoy watching a Cowboys game as long as it's not against the Seahawks. Unless the Seahawks are winning. Unless the Seahawks are winning, but. Um, did you have something to say about Peggy? Yes, I do. So, also, when Peggy shows up in this scene, um, I don't know if you guys noticed her jacket. No? Okay, well. Was it her boggle jacket? It was the boggle <laughs> booster jacket. Yeah. I totally, like, remember seeing that as she comes back to the TV station, the final thing, and she's like, yeah. quickly takes it off. She but takes it off. Yeah. Yeah, and just, like, folds it up. But there's, it's 100% that oh, boggle letterman. Th- thing's hideous. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it had all the patches, and I was like, hey, that's a good little um, throwback. Now, I'm pretty sure that this episode was written by... Or sorry, Boggle Champ episode was written by the Jonathan and Glenn. Oh, I see. So a so little continuation of their. I, yeah, I think they must have asked to have that thrown in the animation or wrote it in the script or something because it's irrelevant. They don't. But yeah, they must have. Cool. That's really cool. Requested it or something. Yeah. So at uh, yeah at this point Bobby comes running up and to tell Peggy he borrowed the batteries uh, because I don't know if we've mentioned or not but it was. Peggy all along, the one who was... So that we don't know that yet. Yeah, we do. By right now we do? Yeah. We don't know that until Bobby tells her about the batteries. No, but I think we I, we forgot to mention that it, we actually saw Peggy, like, changing the channel at the Hill House. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think we mentioned that. Okay. <laughs> but if I forgot we, yeah. about that. What I feel it's making you believe is that it could have been Hank, it could have been Peggy, or it could have been God that was changing the channels. Because Bobby can't remember... And if it was before, then it was Hank. And if it was after, then it was Peggy. So it's it's really up to Bobby and God at this point. And so, yeah, basically the way it's presented in the aired, aired version of the episode is that Peggy is asked. So he's, Bobby gives back the batteries and says, I took them before the Super Bowl or maybe after. I don't know. Um or sorry, it says, I took them before, and then it shows a shot from the exterior of the TV station with a light, with the clouds parting and the sun rays on mm-hmm. it. And then it and then it cuts back to Bobby, and he says, or after, I don't remember. Yeah. So it kind of leaves you on that note. In the alternate, there's an alternate cut ending, I suppose, where Bobby says all of it, where he says, I borrowed the batteries before the Super Bowl, or maybe after, I'm not sure. And then it shows the studio with the mm-hmm. clouds parting in the sun, and that's like the final word on the. So I kind of feel like they put that in there so it was less ambiguous. Because if you last thing you show is the sun, then you kind of feel like it is God. Yeah, but if you put Bobby, then it's just like, oh well, maybe it is. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe you just want to pick what you want to believe. Which I like better. Yeah. Well done. It's not the short of a little miracle. Nope. As this is a Luan episode, and it is finished, there's a little fun fact that uh, Chief Runs With Bins has about Luan. Yeah, one of our listeners brought this to our attention. We totally missed it when we were doing our, uh, our in-betweener episode where we kind of give backgrounds on uh, the cast and crew and all that and the characters. Um, so we never learned the, the, the actual origin of Luann Platter's name. Now, throughout parts of the southern states, there's a chain of restaurants called Luby's, uh, formerly Luby's Cafeteria, uh, which Luby's from uh, Ireland would be based on. Now, the real Luby's features what they call the original value meal. The Luann Platter is what it's called, uh, which includes a select entree, two sides, and a roll for the great low price of seven ninety nine. Served daily from three p.m. to close. Uh, some of the entre- entree choices include Luby's fried fish, uh, roast chicken, French grilled liver and onions, chicken fried steak, and bacon cheese steak. Uh, wow, bacon yeah. cheese steak all the way. Yeah, I think I'd be uh, going for that uh, chicken fried steak. It's uh, is this a breakfast joint or this is lunchtime? What am I eating here? This is 3 lunch. To close, <laughs> oh, three p.m. Okay. But yeah. Um, you go with the liver and onions. I, I think. <laughs> What was what 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 kind of fish is it? Do you think? Fried. It said fried fish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know catfish. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd give that a try. Yeah, we gotta try. It. But um, thanks to our friend and listener Jesse uh, Benavides, all the way down there in Texas, for reaching out and bringing that to our attention. He also shared a video on our Facebook page <laughs> that the historian really enjoyed. <laughs> is that the Neon Genesis Evangelion one? That's the one. Sure. Yes. <laughs> that was we watched both intros. Uh, <laughs> 
basically back to back, and it them. is perfect. It, was, it is on point. I don't know how we. I guess maybe we should find that again and like share that because that was uh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was stellar. So thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and I, I hope this episode is out on time for you. <laughs> <laughs> Much apologies. Yeah. So this is the first episode of 1998. We've got a whole year of King, the first year of King of the Hill is over now. So we're moving along here. This is... Uh, <laughs> Well done, us. <laughs> Think about that year, though. That's kind of crazy. Like, we had to work on all those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we actually had to, like, write, draw, direct? That's <laughs> <laughs> like 20, 24 episodes. So That's nuts. To, yeah. To think that that's what they did in a year. They already, yeah, they, an entire season aired and ended and then aired again <laughs> before, like, yeah. That's, that's I nice. feel like that's, like... Working pretty hard nowadays, I just feel I don't know. I guess I don't follow TV close at all, so I feel like people are always just waiting for the next show. But here, it doesn't seem like King of the Hill ever took a fucking break. Yeah, they they go. All right, so as we've done before, we want to take a look at that boy ain't right. And Denim, I believe you have the introduction for this chapter. I do somewhere this section is called it's not your fault necessarily sometimes you work night and day on your boy and he still doesn't turn out right that's because there's only so much you can do with that hand you're dealt it's like customizing a car you can play around with that manifold all you want but it's still riding on the chassis of a 72 impala the good news is that while there are hundreds of car models out there there are only six basic types of man your job is to figure out which one your boy is and then tweak him for your maximum performance. Now, for this particular section, because there is six, we only chose two because one of them is Troy Aikman. <laughs> um, and the other is businessman. If his business is propane, this is about as good as it gets. Note his easy, confident stride, his fair dealing, his firm, sweatless handshake, his brains as balanced and efficient as a North Star engine. Chances are someone raised this fellow right. It's got a picture of Hank Hill. <laughs> so next to Hank Hill, of course, we have Troy Aikman. Now, not very common. In fact, there's a one in four billion chance of an Aikman being born every hundred thousand years. <laughs> He's got it all. And the sacral politeness region of his brain is so well developed that you won't ever hear him crow about it. If you have one of these, there's only one thing you can do. Hand him the ball. <laughs> Praise be unto Troy. <laughs> all right. And that brings us to our final thoughts for the episode. Uh, who wants to start it off? Miles wants to, it looks like. Sure. <clears throat> I like this episode. Um, it doesn't stand out in particular for me, but I couldn't find one, like, flaw with it as I was kind of trying to sit back and, you know, retrospect on the episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a ton to say. It was kind of another breezy episode, but not necessarily in a bad way. I, uh, I liked Hank and Luann getting along for once. Uh, I loved the football bit and uh, all the guys enjoying it and Bill wiping his fingers on the couch. But, yeah, it was a good episode. I really like this one, too. I mean, it's not like a heavy hitter, but it does have that little spark of interest with the manger babies. Like, I think that is a hilarious concept, uh, even for, like, them to come up with within a TV show. Because I think that could sell in real life. Like, manger babies, like, hell yeah. I'd let my kid watch that <laughs> if I was Christian. <laughs> but, uh, again, I think I mean, it was... Veggie Tales. Well, that's what that made yeah. me think of. It was like, it's plausible. Like, why, how, why not? Um, but otherwise, like, I thought it was a great King of the Hill episode. You're right. There wasn't anything that I could really pick apart. I can't say that I wish there was more boys because there was boys and I wish there was more Luann. There was Luann. Like, everybody played a part and I really enjoyed this episode. So I'll give it three major babies and six tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think this is a really fun one. I, it's like, it's a really King of the Hill episode. I think we get with the writers, they're like, they know this show pretty good now, especially these two. Uh, and even Jeff Myers, the director, like, I just feel like they really, like, with stuff like the Boggle jacket mm-hmm. and Luann's, like, uh, gain, like growing interest in the church, mm-hmm. like, because that's kind of been a thing, um, I feel like. And I just think it uses a lot of the character's strengths, mm-hmm. I think, in this one. And it's just as a fan of King of the Hill, this one just really, yeah, was a really fun one to watch. I, I'm not, like, I watched it probably four or five times, partly because I thought we were going to... <laughs> well, no, I thought we were going to record earlier oh. for this one, so I, like, had to watch it a few more times. I watched it four or five for the Manger Baby song. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and, yeah, I was singing that song a lot, too. It was stuck in my head. But, yeah, I really like this episode. I think it's uh, just, just feels like... Uh, golden age of king of the hill right now and i'm really glad that you brought up that that jacket the po- the boggle champ yeah jacket. i'm glad that you met pointed that out because well, that, that is a really nice touch from the writers for sure for sure so with that if we have nothing more to say that concludes this meeting of the order of the straight arrow uh can i get a final round table we matanya we matanya Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told And some choose to believe it I know they're wrong Wait and see Someday we'll find it The rainbow connection The lovers, the dreamers and me Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow a King of the Hill podcast catch new episodes every Sunday night please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com please no hate mail Yeehaw! hey what you crying for boy it's a good show this is a damn good show The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.